Welcome to Dharma Glimpses, an introduction to the profound treasury teachings of Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, taught by Judy Leaf. In this episode, Judy investigates the play of emotions. Welcome. Today I'd like to explore a little bit the topic of emotions and what the Buddhist teachings have to say about emotions and, and how they work, both positively and negatively. Emotions obviously are a big part of our life. They're a natural part of who we are. We have all sorts of emotions arising throughout the day and throughout our lives. They're powerful, can be overpowering, can be subtle and more an undercurrent, can be very inspiring, or can be very disruptive. So I'd like to just explore a little bit about this. And, and as part of what, in Buddhist psychology, you could say a lot of the emphasis is just trying to understand how we work and the kind of things that lead us to good situations and the kind of things that, that actually cause suffering or confusion for ourselves. And this is talked about it in different ways. Obviously, we can create a lot of harm by our actions, but where do those actions come from? What are their roots? So it's kind of a going backwards, working the chain backwards. Say you do a harmful thing, you punch someone, where did that come from? Well, you go back, well, you were pissed off, you're angry. And where did that come from? Well, you had a lot of ideas about this person and they insulted you or threatened you. So naturally you had to punch them. So you go back and back. And certainly in terms of what might be called negative emotions, mostly when you trace them back, we trace them back far enough, you end up with what I would describe as kind of an ongoing battle, a jockeying for position, a kind of defensive posture where everything is taken personally. What effect will it have on me? How will it affect me, my position, my power, my security, whatever the uh, dimension may be? There seems to be an undercurrent of constant struggle going on all the time. We are kind of looking out for threats on the one hand and looking for advantages on the other hand, always trying to place ourselves in relationship to others, to the outside world. And that, in turn, traces back to kind of a separation, a sense of duality altogether. It's almost like the emotions are, are like the troop of ego, or the scouts, the forces of defense and offense. And one thing about emotions is they're very energetic. They're filled with energy. And the ego can deploy this energy and power of the emotions to further its aims. So on one hand, the emotions are very simple. We feel this, we feel that. We feel anger, we feel love, we feel jealousy, we feel pride. We feel all sorts of things. It's like these emotions are the colors and flavors of our minds. They're also powerful in bringing an embodying quality to what occurs in our mind, spreading through the energies of our body, expression of what initially started in small ways by thoughts in our mind, or simple interactions or occasions. For emotions to flourish, there's got to be a sense of self and others, otherness, and self, and emotions amplify that sense of other and self, friend and enemy, good and bad, desirable and undesirable. So this kind of exploration of our emotional landscape isn't so much about what is good or, or bad in the various things that we feel. It's our reactions and how we are captured and seduced by the emotions that arise and how we're blindsided because we are not that knowledgeable about our own inner workings. Meditation practice is one way to explore this emotional landscape when we're not in the midst of interaction. 
And as you can see, most emotions arise in interaction or response or triggered by something or reactive. They're reactive. But when we're sitting in meditation, we're just doing nothing, being there alone, and we can observe the emotional world in a more dispassionate way. And the guideline that I've learned in the Buddhist practice is to respect the emotions, honor the power and energy of the emotions, but not to feed the emotions and not to deny the emotions or suppress the emotions. So basically, we're letting emotions and the energies of the mind flourish and, and change in like a weather, but we're not letting them captivate us. In fact, observing emotions in this way, we start to learn important things about ourselves. Emotions actually have a lot to teach us about what we cling to, what we avoid. We also begin to notice patterns, what kinds of thoughts lead to what kinds of emotional responses. And when we feel a sense of being threatened, what's actually being threatened? What causes us to raise our hackles? Emotions can point us to the experience of ego in a visceral way, not as just a theoretical thing. We know something about ego is part of Buddhist teachings, but a visceral response. We can feel ego at work by observing the emotions. So emotions can be a pain, but they also can be very illuminating, and they're definitely a part of life, a very important part of our makeup. So it makes sense to try to understand them and their power, both positive and negative. Emotions are loud. They get our attention. Emotions are revealing. And when you observe, you'll see that emotions almost always come along glued to a storyline, an explanation, an excuse, a rationale. It is not so easy to pull the two apart, the storyline and the emotion itself. But if we look carefully, we can begin to make friends with the emotions as they are, simply as they are, as the energies, the colors, and the play of our minds. Thank you for joining me for this glimpse of Dharma. This podcast is made possible through the support of the Hamera Foundation. To learn more about Judy Leaf's teachings, publications, and retreats, or to contribute to the support of this podcast, please visit judyleaf.com.